Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Welcome to another round of the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. This is the 103rd episode, fourth episode, 104. We, we never thought we'd make it. We slid one in there Yeah, with uh, our good friend Chikukre AK talking about diversity and inclusion and marketing and the world at large, hey, corporations. You know what? What's we that? shot past, shot past 40,000 listeners. Listeners? Oh, I like it. I thought we were we needed like one more podcast based on our average numbers. Yeah. So we didn't. That's good. I like it. I like yeah. it. That's a that's a lot of social distancing for all these people to be able to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to be in their car, in their house, or their office. They've got to be away. But you uh, know what? Not what? a very engaged group. No, they don't. They rarely ever send email. Maybe asked, it's our fault. Yeah. So what can we do <laughs> to be more engaging? We want to hear from you guys. But the interesting part about that. Pre-COVID, whenever we would go to conferences, I, I cringe at the word like rock star because it wasn't that. But like you would go and I wouldn't say rock star, but more like more like pop star, K-pop. More like, yeah, more like a everybody had heard it. Everybody had heard it, or at pe- least knew to mention it when they saw us. Not to Ron Burgundy this, but people would come up and ask for pictures. Like yeah, li- literally what they would ask for pictures. Well, we want to hear some ideas and stuff. But, but it's like. Literally, we make We're this just up. people making a podcast in yeah, a so conference just, room. So there's no like celeb. And I'm, I'm not trying to, I hope people are laughing at me saying that. I am. But my point is, there are people that would come up and take pictures and want to talk about the podcast. How'd you do it? What's your topic? And I'm like, but the interaction is just not there. Like you said, I, I want to hear some emails. I figure we at least get some, you guys are idiots and we don't agree with your stuff that seems to be kind of like what people tend to say and most of the interaction i get is someone asking to be on the podcast oh yeah like but they're selling something it's yeah. not like i want to be on there because i think this podcast is but cool do or guess. not cool i want to argue with you or i want to add to the conversation it's i do data cloud ai services for xyz company can yeah. i come on there and talk and in my mind i'm thinking you're literally looking for podcasts and putting out linkedin oh, direct messages to a 25 people. I sort of want to hire one of those PR firms. I don't know if you guys know this, but like there are these PR firms that, you know, just like shop and we get a lot of vendors shopping. So I guess I could do that. Maybe be on other podcasts. <laughs> I, but that's the most interaction I get or we get is a LinkedIn request to be on the show by someone hawking an idea or a, mm-hmm. or a product. They're not trying to add to what we've said or argue about. We love arguments. Someone come on oh, argue against debate? us. Debate, yeah. yeah, debate it. But that doesn't happen either. I love debating. It's, I mean, I really do. Yeah, but it's no. That's what. We but have this I would love for. to hear. You know, we're a hundred in. I guess this is my call to arms, my plea to the audience, which is significant. Send us some ideas. Well, yeah. Well, I we want to. I don't what just do you want to hear about. Yeah, we come what, up with. We have come up with our topics thus far and no one's been like i would really like to hear you talk about blank mm-hmm. sure what, what could be a good prize like for the best question 
If we get 100 questions. We won't get 100 questions. Well, that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> if we get 100 questions slash suggestions, uh, I will give the best question, that bank, $100. Nah, that feels like something like, I will give the bank a free strategic roundtable. That's stout. Yeah. I mean, that's what? Thousands. A couple hours? That's, yeah, at least a couple and hours. And a trip? No, I'm not doing person. Screw that. Oh, Zoom, 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 Zoom strategic roundtable. You round can't table. travel. Zoom strategic roundtable. Zoom strategic roundtable. And I, you know what? I'm going to go. This ma- isn't like some ploy to sell you something afterwards because anybody that's ever, like, uh, there are some people that have asked us for RFPs that listen to this are like, yeah, he ain't lying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll do it and whatever. If you like us, call us. I'm going to go make up a. Uh, 102 fake Gmail accounts and email. If I get 90 a hundred, I, have to, I have to get 100. That's, I don't, that's what I do every day. And on the 100th one, I'm going to be like, Am I number 100? Wink, wink. I would like strategic We're reset strategy. <laughs> I would like a. We may need to. I've been so wrong about banks changing. Like, banks aren't going to change strategy. There's nothing going to happen that makes a bank change a strategy. So I'm wrong. I'm wrong most from time to time they don't change their strategy well the world changed we got to do it a little changes. bit yeah but so we got to change and meet that so whatever just point out when i'm wrong speaking of strategy i think that any brand bank or otherwise yeah should have a visual standards guideline and i guarantee you i guarantee there's somebody listening to this mm-hmm. podcast who's a marketing director for a bank who does not have a visual standards or brand standards guideline. I would take the over on at least one. At least one, if not many. Well, it's one of those things that if if banks tend to... I, I think we're in an epoch, if you will, of banks... Is that Tupac's uh, electronic digital yes. rap that's the image? hologram. That's the image. That's is epoch. That's the hologram that went to yeah. Coachella... Coachella. 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 Yeah, it's Coachella. No, it's Cause not. Because of my coach hair. No. It can be stop. Coachella. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's a, that's. I was trying to lead into the coach hair. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just got a picture of my dog, and she shaved and looks real freaky. All right, you can take that out, Bobby. No, that's aside. Leave it in. Anyway. Non sequitur. Anyway. Yeah, we're in an era, if you will, of banks un- beginning to understand that they are brands. Yes. Or that they have a brand. Or that they need to be Or they need to have a brand. I can feel it in the air tonight. Really? Yeah. The calls I'm getting, the the sort of awareness, but that means there are a lot of banks that are sort of, either they know they're not going to change their visual logo, their visual brand. It's, It's like developing, and it's a real slow development. So I think it's the people, I mean, we didn't have one for Renaissance for, Six, seven years. Oh, when I showed up to the bank in 05 now, it's been 15 years, we didn't have visual standard guides. Right. We didn't have a signage guide. Like if, if we open a new branch or location or... But it was just sort of evolving. Bank, and There was no like, hey, here's the guidelines. Let me give that to yeah. you. It was just, hey, get the sign company and figure out what our logo looks like in this way. And yeah. we had five different signage. You know, the logo could be... You know, it's, it was very... Horizontal, was, vertical, well, was, different colors. It was malleable, but in the wrong way. Mm. People would do the wrong things with it, thinking they were cute. Like, oh, it's 
Breast Cancer Awareness Month, let's make it pink. You know, yeah. just stuff that's like Forever. out of the brand. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, you don't get to redo the font and make it look the font for, you know, whatever. So I don't know. But I guess I would say it's not a big, like, misstep if you don't have one. But I guess we could talk about, I mean, the benefits, obviously, of having one. And one is just having the set of rules that if you ever do need to bend them, it's not necessarily never being, or, or I guess, committing to inflexibility, but you know the rules so you can at least know where if you need to bend or break them. Because how many times have you had, a, a speaking of bank branches and signage, a bank branch, maybe the the local covenants, you couldn't have a sign, you know, so you have to figure out what to do, or it has to appear on the building and your you, the space to put on the building doesn't fit the logo lockup. Well, those are things that are outside this guide, but at least where you know the standards are, you can begin to make some decisions from that jumping off point. So that point, very tactical today, if you will, or at least strategically tactical, very might not be the right word, and uh, what we're going to give it are the 13 things you need in your brand standards guide, and I'm going to walk through what they are, and then I'm going to let Josh add the commentary to it. You like that? That. That's usually the order anyway. That sounds like um, it doesn't require a lot of heavy lifting for me, so I'm... Um, well, you're not very strong, so I'm I thought not, I'd give you I the, am not. I'm a weak... <laughs> I thought I'd give you the... I'm as strong as John's feet are big. That's right. That's right. Number one, you lay out a statement of protecting your brand, and I think that that's the reason that describes why you have this document, because non-marketers, community bank president... Branch manager, why is it important? Yeah. And so I'll say it it could say something like uh, our brand reflects security and reliability and ultimately conveys our mission to fully understand the wants and needs of our clients and communities. Uh, The brand's a cornerstone of our identity and it ensures the integrity to maximize market penetration. Strict visual and, and stylistic standards are needed to generate consistency across the bank's footprint. So you might have a statement like that or similar in the opening. Well, you don't, you're not explaining, like, look, I'm not just being a, dweeb or twerp about well, because this. Because, so, like, I want to put the logo in purple because the local high school is purple, and you go, no community bank president, it needs to be blue. There is a regular listener that that is an, oh. that, that is a, an, act, an actual thing that happened. And you'll say, no, our brand is this color, it needs to be that. Well, why? And then you say, here are our brand standards, look through it if you want to discuss afterwards. And usually, by giving them the document, if they're the PDF, if they'll read through it, they'll understand, oh, there is a reason why Coke has red. There's a reason why certain brands have a color associated with them. Well, and there's, it, it goes back to one of our old mantras, if you're explaining, you're losing, and when you're referencing, you're winning. So, look, this is written down. This is why we do this. Yep. Agree. So, secondly in there is what we call is the logo. You need to have the logo put down on paper. If there's an explanation on what the logo is, then you need to explain what it is so people know. And then also describe the primary usage, the secondary usage, and how it should be used in delivering your brand. Yeah. Um, Color schemes, your preferred, you know, color scheme. Being able to commit to that, again, creates consistency across usages, how to use it in different color schemes. But at least letting know where you lean. Like, what is the primary? And one of the things you've heard me say over and over is we, Mabus Agency at least, believes in robust and flexible logo or brand sets so that you can use multiple colors. There's so many banks out there that it has to be this color blue or this color green. 
if it's not in the top left of the letterhead, like there, there's a group of people that think branding is like it's a half inch from the top left from the top and half inch from the left, and it's that's just placement. Like our logo is always in the top left. That's branding. No, no it's not. It's not. Branding is having such a strong visual identity that no matter where it is, people recognize no matter what it is and have a yeah, feeling associated with it. Yeah, it's not top left to your business card every time that, that's a weak brand if it has if it relies on placement that's a weak brand yeah a brand is a promise backfilled by experience i mean that's what it is it's you know here's the promise what's the experience that yeah. i get that creates the feeling towards the brand so the logo the second that you add if you have a tagline you do the logo with the tagline an explanation of the tagline if it needs to be explained or if it speaks for itself and then how is it laid out with the logo yeah that's step three logo with the tagline then the fourth one is logo clear space and that is all about spacing placement that you spoke to that is not branding but it's how it is used when it's placed well it shows normally what what happens and and it's so funny you can tell when somebody doesn't know what the hell they're doing when they when they do one of these there's a couple things that irk me just just so you don't or, or if you want to change your brand standard if i ever clown on it you don't mean to clown on it or whatever is a big section about don't stretch your logos and don't which we have in in yours. But I think it's when it's been done so much, it's almost right. like why well, didn't you see that in there? But they're almost hyperbolic. Yeah. Like it's the placement and safe area is where I can tell if you don't know what you're doing when you do it. Because the the placement and safe area should be a reference point of the logo itself. So there's a thing in fonts called the X height, which is how tall an X is or you know, in Renaissance you have to be at least the R away from something else or the flame box is what, you know, reference. So placement lets you communicate. So when you're doing like something like a baseball field signage and they are, are you're, you're a logo on a race shirt and it's all crowded in, giving that standard is what you expect to be away from any other element, that placement. And weirdly, it's probably one of the most important things if you're doing a lot of sponsorships and, and you're using your logo in a lot of places that appear with other stuff that you don't control, is setting the expectation that, um, so again, using Renaissance, referencing a shape in the logo itself. So it's not a half inch away from something. Depending on the size, if your sign's three feet wide and you say, I want to be at least a half inch away from something, no, you it, don't it, know. there's no reference. There's no reference. So taking an element from your logo and saying, we at least want to be this far away and then showing that visually or showing it or explaining it is the best way to do that. And I'll read a description in here. So in the logo with tagline, we explain what the tagline is. It's understanding you for us. If you've ever listened to this, which you probably have, then you understand that's our tagline. Uh, and then we walk through what it means, how it must be accompanied with a registered trademark, because if you've trademarked it, you need to put that in there. And then we go into... Uh, things like tagline color, the, and I'm just going to read this word for word. The proper color of the understanding you tagline depends upon the background color used. Use of either Renaissance light blue or Renaissance dark blue is preferred, but other colors from Renaissance color palette, which we'll get to shortly, may be used as long as it's legible, as legibility is maintained. Multiple examples are provided here. If the proper color selection for your application is unclear, please contact the Renaissance marketing team for guidance. If using the horizontal layout, the vertical dividing line should be the same color as as the understanding you tagline. And then we go into specific examples on the page, which we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have nine, well, ten because of the big one, ten examples yeah. if of you layout can't... and usage. And one of those is going to match yeah. your placement. Sure. But 
you know, err on the side of providing too much information and then let the person come back and ask you a question. Well, but again, you're going to have people that are going to go, that understanding you would look good in purple, like I said. And comic Sans. Well, no, that's not, yeah, it's not Comic Sans. It's not, I mean, so. Well, uh, that, and again, putting that, you can't prevent people from being stupid. <laughs> in other words, somebody doing something like Comic Sans in purple, but I'm just telling you the difference in call us, bef- like, hey, I told you to call me before you, if it didn't match, I just told you to call me, like. When you have to go back, especially if you're not confrontational, a la not the opposite, you're the opposite of me. I'm hyper. Whatever you want, Josh. Whatever, however you, know, you want it to be. Is go with it that being way. able to spell it out and set that expectation makes it easier to go back and address it in the future. One, two, three, four. We're on four now. Logo clear space. You kind of spoke to that earlier. Uh, and I'll read some of the language off this. To maintain the integrity of our logo, we must adhere to all sizing and clear space requirements. This protects against excessive cluttering around the logo form and provides our logo a level of distinction greater than that of any extraneous graphical elements. Sorry, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time, which doesn't happen for me. For our logo, we require clear space to be the height of the Renaissance lettering in our logo, and then we go into technical examples on the page. So I think you have to, again, you don't know if this is one inch or three feet, depending on the size or, or yeah, the sign. It's relative. But to you it. have to have a relative spec to where it will be. And so this is on the piece of paper. Uh, then after logo clear space, we move on to number five on our list, and that's logo proportion. Many people will look at, and we'll use the most hackneyed one, but Nike, huge swoosh and like a little Nike or big mm. Nike, and they'll, and they'll change out the size. Same unless we have a, a flame box, is what we call it. And some people will make it real stretch tall and too big and then squeeze our letters in, or they'll move it around, maybe put the box at the end or something that's just not even... In the set. I just wonder, like... When people do it, like... I, I just want to, like, transport to, like, their shoulder and be like, Hey, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, like, my industry in the design, creative industry, like, sign company designers are kind of like... That may, rolls of the That business. may be like a... Yeah, that, like, that person make a good sign company designer. Just because it's like, today's my day for creativity. And I'm not saying great designers don't come out of sign companies um, and didn't work at them, but it's still like... Well, always, I know that there's a consistent like weirdness. Like what? Well, they're, well, to to credit them, they're always trying to add value to get the next business. But yeah, the but, value often backfires to me. Well, there is no if it's backfiring. It's, yeah, it's a it's a you know a brick. They just burp. But to that point, to what you're saying about the design, it's interesting to me too. When when someone says send me your logo for say a T-ball shirt or something like that, and you send it off to this company, and they don't have Trajan Bold or some specific font. So they try to get as close as they can, and it's not close. Mm. And then they just lay it out and kind of move around a lot. But line. it's not like we don't send it outlined and all that. Oh, no. Which is... That, well, that's what drives me nuts, is I see it, and, and I'll be... You know, everyone looks at me as the marketing guy, so it's the brand for Renaissance. And I'll be, like, out in, with my kids at a baseball game or soccer game, and the, and one of the other teams is sponsored by another community banker with Renaissance, and I'll look over and see them, and the logo's, like, wrong. And, and, they'll, and they're proud, like, look, we got our name on the jersey. I'm like... Yeah, but, like, who even – I mean, like, what – no. Yeah. And I see it from a lot of vendors, too. A lot of sample vendors will send us samples with printed logos incorrect or yeah. done incorrectly, thinking that they're going to send them to me, and I'm gonna be like, man, that's a great product. And what's funny is, like, how easy it is to find somebody's vector logo online, especially, oh. like, with a company like yours that does a bunch of PDF releases. All that – all you got to do is download the PDF, open it in Illustrator – Vendor hint and for all got of it. you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we talked about uh, logo proportions. Uh, have a definition of the proportion of how big the logo is to be to the font. And all the elements. Yeah. And all the elements involved in it. Uh, then we have a section we have ac- 
we actually call which Josh kind of made fun of, but you have to have, and it's kind of bobo in the sense of what it is, but we call it unacceptable usage. Yeah. And it walks through uh, stretching of it, you know, moving letters around or, or like a word to another area in it. Ours is a little more, this one's a little more practical than, than a lot of the ones are just stuff that like literally, I think all of those are based on examples we've seen. Yeah. Do not alter the proportions of the logo. Do not reconfigure or redraw the logo. Do not place our logo outside of another shape. You know, doing like the, uh, the cloud around it or smoking behind it or trying to make it 3D mm. and adding, you know, graphic elements to it that aren't part of the logo because you think it looks cool for your assignment. Yeah. Yeah, you put in Microsoft yeah. Word, extrude it. But we have a pretty good unacceptable usage, which is funny because everything else is acceptable, but unacceptable usage uh, reference page. Then the next one, moving down our line, is is uh, points of reference. And points of reference is how you know it's uh, properly laid out. And that's uh, the department word mark, dividing line, the word mark, the kerning, the flame, color but it goes through all the different points of reference that when you look at it laid out a separator line if you need it tagline register market but it has every little thing you should look for it's like a like when you buy a used car they got that 21 point checklist it's your mm. checklist of your points of reference carfax yeah or the carfax but uh points of reference then we have what i think is a good thing to do too is we have departmental logos so you have your renaissance corporation renaissance bank and then you move into department logos, and you do this so that your wealth management or your mortgage area or your private client area doesn't come out and go, we need our own logo, and they take something that kills your corporate or your, your overall branding for a certain division and doesn't look anything like the bank. So then you've almost created a new brand that doesn't have a brand, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's the thing that is sort of debated, I guess, that you know, there's sort of diverging opinions letting lines of business or, or sub areas to your bank have their own logo. I'm a fan of it for flexibility. Another thing is where you put importance is where your clients believe what makes your client understand what's important to you. Your mortgage division or your private client or asset management, whatever, treasure management group has its own logo that's well within your brand standards. It lets your clientele know that that is important enough to you to have that. Therefore, you must put importance and expertise into it, and it can it can give you a lift, but it can still be a a bit of a slippery slope, I think, and you can you know get a little bit out of hand. So, judiciously approach that, but um, it's an it's an area again to flexibility that I heavily believe in. Uh, we have a page that's called typography, not topography like map making. That's right, or but, cartography. But, Whatever topography is like typography. Typography. The consistent use of typography plays an incredibly important role in ensuring a cohesive brand experience. We utilize a variety of typefaces depending on their medium placement and overall hierarchy. And then we go through the different fonts and the way they're laid out. And this says, you know, Trajan Bold, Universe LT. I don't think graphic. a lot of it goes through every single way, and and this even has you know what type of font we want to use for communication. Well, I mean, I think it's important to say that you, you know as your team has expanded, people like Liz McIntyre, Kukurieke, Emily Wright. Emily got married though, so she's not Wright anymore, is she? She is not. She's Collins. Emily Collins. But she hasn't changed her name yet because oh she can't go she to can't the... go on her honeymoon with her passport and the oh, new yeah. name that she can't get back from the passport so because of COVID. So she has to keep her old name until after she travels. Emily. Fun, fun days. Emily, um, what, what is it? What's um, Emily in the in the purgatory of last names? 
they're able to do a lot of materials that still feel very branded. And I don't know that our audience, like logo, logo placement, yada, 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 color scheme and all that. Probably one of the most subconscious yet important parts of this is, is the fonts you use in your ad layout and that hierarchy. This font's your headline. It's this much bigger than your subhead, and, and that's this much bigger than your body copy to make something feel branded. That's why Nike shirts that don't, you know, that, that sort of destroy the their brand standards can still feel very Nike. They still exist. While the logo standards or the logo elements may be broken apart, the font and the, the usage and the color palette is relatively consistent. True, true. And so, good segue into... Color palette, number 10 on our list of 13 things you need in your visual standards, brand standards guide. Uh, Color palette. Our logo consists of two primary colors, Renaissance Dark Blue and Renaissance Flame Green. The flame green is primarily used within the logo. Outside the logo, color usage should consist mostly of our shades of blue, and then we list them out in the Pantone colors, the CMYK, RGB, and Hex so we've got all these listed. We've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. We have 13 examples in our guide here of colors that are acceptable to our brand, and we do them by size. So the first two are obviously the logo and then what we use for the tagline, and then we move on down to other colors we use in our advertising. Uh, so we stay away from certain colors that don't even mix well with the brand or clash with the brand because you wouldn't, you know, I don't know, orange and yellow with a, I don't know, a, a purple or something like that. That would look weird, and I'm making this all up, but this at least defines, because there's always people, we'll make your ad for you, you just place it, and you should have your agency do that. But if for some reason you at least have sent them this, you can come back and say, look, it has to be in this brand scheme. Mm-hmm. And list all the colors out, because sign companies will have one, T-shirt printers will have another style, newspapers if you still do print advertising rgb versus cmyk exactly so you've got to have the different ones listed out so you can decrease the ability for vendors to make mistakes so that's color palette the next is patterns what is patterns all about josh tell us about patterns patterns are repeating geometry that evokes a sense of a sense of uh, visual interest Mm, that's good you like that i like where you're going sense of visual interest so uh, we have six patterns that we use either in the background or as a, uh, a border design brand or, element. or brand element when we do that. And so we put Again, these six is... patterns in our in here because we want to help part marketing partners in the future and past keep consistency in the brand to where when you hope again we're not a national bank we're we're a regional bank and and build on a community bank model when people see your brand or something associated with a pattern, you hope it hits a point that, oh, that's Renaissance. We see the light blue with this cubic pattern plus uh, the name in the flame box. That's Renaissance without having to see the name. Exactly. It's that flexibility, fully fleshed out brand. I think, again, a lot of of people don't have pattern, but, you know, we happen to be the best at making them. So (laughs) I understand why. So that was number 11. So 12 on our list here is, if you're still awake with us here, is writing style. And this is something that I think people forget about brand standards is branding is more than a logo. But messaging is important. And so we have a, I don't know, let's see, it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This has ten writing style guides if you're writing tips for, well, your community banker wants to write a letter or, or your, a branch manager wants to write a fundraising letter for the PTA or something of that. You know, what can you provide them with as guidance for how they write it? Because it's going to be in Renaissance style. It's going to represent 
the brand. Mm -hmm. And so, and for employee, future marketing employees and things like that. Exactly. And so some of these are, you know, how do, do you refer to people as clients or customers? And that's a big argument we've had in our bank. Uh, I wouldn't say argument, but something that, that can be misused. Vigorous they, discussion. Well, I, I wouldn't even call it vigorous. It's a discussion because they're different things. Yeah. Uh, a customer is based on a transaction from A to B. It's usually meant towards retail. Terminal. And, yeah, it is. And so if someone comes in to open a checking account, they're a customer. If they take out a loan, they're a customer. But if they have a relationship to where you have financial products, a fiduciary relationship, anything in that area, they become a client by definition. It's like house versus home. It is. That's a great example. So if you're going to use customer, know that that is meant more towards a, uh, a retail transaction or a product transaction of usage. If you use client, it means relationship and advisory services. Someone cashing a check who does not hold an account at your bank is definitely a customer. If you go to the ATM, you're a customer. Yeah. Unless you're a client. Unless you're a client. Unless you have a, a 401k and a wealth management yeah. and advisory services and treasury management services, you become a client. But because defining that spectrum, I don't know that it's that important. I think you can pick a word and, but and Some and people think it. it is, I, and I think it is. I think it's important because I want to be right. Yeah. I, well, I guess, I guess differentiating it in your messaging, because as an advertising marketing group, you hardly ever speak to the customer. That's not what you're going after, like become a customer here. And that's why I lean towards client in my terminology, because that's really what you want. Why would you speak to the transactional one-time um, use individual doing business with you? So that's why I lean towards client, because it does lean into the long-term relationship feeling. Yeah. And, and so when we use Renaissance as a corporation, we often go to client because we have insurance services, and we have wealth management services, and we have investment uh, advisory services, and we have 401k retirement benefit services. And so those lean towards clients. So if you're going to say Renaissance without the bank is in our corporation, our brand, I believe client is actually the correct nomenclature. But if you're talking about Renaissance rewards checking and opening a checking account, I believe that's a customer. Those are customers who come in the branch yep. uh, to make those transactions. Uh, so we define that as using it. Uh, we talk about using commas. We talk about Oxford. The Oxford commas we talk about, and we have other things. Not, that, not whether you should use them or not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. We are an anti-comma. But we've got into certain things as, as do not end sentences with prepositions. Do not use absolute phrases. Stuff that we've talked about before that we try to give guidance we on. We always find a solution for our customer. We can always help you at Renaissance Bank. That's kind of Can a, you? Because if we turn down a loan, then you've got an issue. A little so, bit of a you doubt. So we try to uh, give some guidance on language to use and we call it writing style in our brand document and that's our number 12 and then our final lucky 13 lucky 13 in here is pretty simple at the end we have brand element requests and inquiries and this basically states if you want to use our brand here's what you need to do if you have questions about it here's who you inquire to which would be our marketing department uh, but we set this in there to where people you know if you're pitching us and it's an internal thing i think you can you can go PDF or go Google the logo and use it to put in a deck to pitch to us. But if you're going to use it publicly for the bank, whether you're trying to be a value add and have the best of intentions, uh, we think you should ask about usage of it. And most brands will do that. If you put a big corporation's brand in one of your advertisements, unless you have permission, a lot of times they'll contact you and say, please take that out. We don't want to look like we're just a Renaissance Bank customer or we don't want to look like 
uh, we're a customer of that brand, brand or something's wrong with us or right with us because we didn't have any control how you use this in the ad. That's often why you see a lot of commercials where there's no branded logo clothing unless it's a clothing ad. You don't see a, a polo logo or a Tommy Hilfiger logo or whatever it is because they didn't ask to be in it and they have brand standards and you didn't request it. Yep. And so there's certain protections into having a brand element uh, request an inquiry statement at the end of your document. It shall not be used without the express consent of the brand. Yeah. Uh, because you don't, I mean, you don't know what group might take your brand and make someone assume that you have endorsed them or you, that you're not endorsing them by using your, your logo or brand. As a governor, former governor of Mississippi, I think, said, I'll be for you or against you. Well, whatever Whichever ha- one helps, helps you. you. Yeah. That, uh, I, I don't know what kind of person said that or who it was, so please don't. I'm not endorsing whoever said that. They may be a really bad person or a really great person. Yeah. I think uh, as a uh, audible metaphor, we have hammered at home today what you need in your visual and brand standards guideline. Cool. As someone is hammering on the floor over here outside the conference room. Progress. Uh, making progress and making a Pardon better, our progress. Making a better place for us to walk, live, and play. Yeah. Walk. Walk and work. Walk and work. With that being said, we hope you've gotten a little bit of tactical guidance on how to do a visual brand standards guide and... I'll put a little pitch in there for you. If you don't know how to, contact the Mabus Agency. We do them. Because they do them. And look, it could be one-off. They would rather have clients than customers. But if you want to be a customer and say, look, we don't have this, call them and walk. they'll walk you through on how to set up the guideline. Can we post yours in the... Yeah, I think we can. It's a public... I mean, it's a public document we send out. So I don't think it... I don't know why you wouldn't... Pop, I mean, there's nothing... We'll put it with the blog so you can see. Yeah, there's nothing... Uh, because the only thing it. better, the only thing more boring than listening to John read it to you is to read it yourself. You would hear my voice in your head at this point, which would be really follow cool. along. Like it's it's an audible podcast. We should Wait, do like what? <laughs> beep. Like turn the page. Beep. Turn the page. Now, brand lecture. Now, anyway. All right. Well, if you're still awake, thank you for listening along. Uh, if you're asleep, then ninety-seven uh, percent of our people complete the podcast. They do. Who are the three? I almost just said a name just for fun, but everybody, like, everything's loaded with intent. Is that like the, the old Crest commercials when they'd be like, nine out of ten dentists recommend Crest for your uh, teeth brushing? You're I don't like, know how who's th- the one that they even interviewed? Well, said, not only okay. that, but then, like, I think dentists just say toothpaste is good. Yeah. Well, nine out of ten say, I want to know who that one dentist is like, you know what? You might just want to use uh, close up baking soda instead. Or you might want to just use. Uh, you know, borax. This close-up still exists. That 80s, just like, it's just scented. It was just cinnamon-flavored. I don't know that clean teeth. I think it was a uh, leftover Big Red. <laughs> it was Dry. so cinnamony. Oh. Did you ever use it? Like, oh. ever going over, I can't, like... I can't eat cinnamon breaks me out. I can't. Like, if I chew Big Red, my whole tongue breaks huh. out. I can't do it. Didn't know you were... Cinnamon intolerant. Yeah. Huh. Can't do it. So... Anyway, to that point, now that you're bored to death and know more about cinnamon and my reaction to They're not to bored. It, they're excited. They're fired up. Ready to go. Go make your brand stairs document. Or call me. Yep. And but I'll help. I'm telling you, we'll put it on the, the blog or on the uh, podcast page with a link to the PDF. And otherwise, uh, if you see something in there that looks weird, let us know. No, nothing's better. Nothing finds mistakes in a document like sending it out to the public. So And bragging on your ability to do it. That That really just like... Mm. Yeah. So, but, you know, if you're going to put it out there, put it out there and be brave and take your licks as you get them. So, anyway, for the Marketing Money Podcast, this is John Oxford and Josh Mabus. Bye. 
views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.